Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. Wow! For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs> You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network for our Pilgrim coverage here. As we are into episode three, Ramona rents a video, and um, I don't know how to start these, but I'm just going to say I'm Rossi, and uh, Cole and I we're, we're college roommates, and maybe some more. And this is your son, by the way, young Colin. I did not remember where that was, but um, yeah, this episode, I thought it was great. Um, I had so much fun. Like I've said every episode that like the next episode always gets me invested in what's going to happen. And last was like closer of Scott's alive. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so this one coming in, it was just high intensity. And, and I think you said something about like what it was going to be before we left last time. So I thought this was a great episode. I had, I had a lot of fun. I'm, I'm very curious to hear how, uh, you took it slash how different it is than the st- obviously obviously we know the whole premise is different but how how these other storylines existed in the in the movie canon I guess yeah I mean um, I mean the the last episode was very much split into two parts we had like the Scots funeral and then we had the um, uh, the the exes breakup the breakup of the league or whatever or I guess reformation of the league. Um, this one, uh, we really just have a little bit with young Neil at the beginning, a little bit with Gideon at the end, but this is almost exclusively just, um, Ramona's story with Roxy in there, which is interesting because they, they, they almost make a joke about the fact where she comes in and she's like, uh, I'm, you know, her fourth evil ex is like four, what happened to one, two and three, you know? Uh, but, uh, I, I would say that, um, this might be one of the few episodes that does cover some of what's in the movie. Uh, it goes a lot more in depth. Uh, I, I think that outside of, you know, passing lines here and there and some animated sequences, the Roxy and Ramona relationship is the one that probably gets the most development in the movie just because of how Roxy's used as a character. Unlike the others who just sort of come in for their sequence and they're gone. You sort of see flashes of her throughout the course of the movie before they really get into it uh, a couple of times. Um, but I mean, this, this gives a lot more backstory to it, a lot more context of how Ramona is probably the problem here uh, with a lot of these exes. Uh, but uh, if I had looked back on this entire season, I would have said this one and next week were kind of my throwaway episodes. But um, I'm not going to say that anymore. I think particularly when you get to the fight scene, the, the way that they mix it up with all these different genres in the TV, I mean, that's that's what the appeal is here for me. Yeah, I think like in the first episode we meet, is it Matthew the first ex? Yeah, Matthew. Or the seventh ex, or I guess you could say. Um like they frame it like, or, or I guess it is like, he was just like a one-time thing. Like it wasn't really anything. So you can't really judge mm-hmm. anyone based off of that information. 
but like yeah definitely like you said this time it's like yeah Ramona's not the good person or no like decent person that you would expect and, and in the movie they really only just do away with it in a couple of lines I mean I'll, I'll spoil one thing for you you know when she's basically explaining her relationship with Roxy she says I was just a little bi-curious uh, to which Roxy says, well, I'm a little bi-furious, uh, which we do get a little bit of the, the Roxy character. I would say of all the characters, everybody, even it's the same voice cast from the movie, everybody is sort of playing an animated version of their characters. Like we're not getting direct translations. Although I will say Mae Whitman, who plays Roxy, we talked about her last week, you know, she was the kid in Independence Day and, you know, she's done a lot of stuff uh, since then, uh, the TV show Parenthood and stuff. Uh, this is exactly what the character was in the movie. I think this is the closest translation. So her live action version was just as over the top, just as ridiculous, just as angry and uh, just just as by furious, I guess we'll call it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously missing a further layer of translation in this, um, seeing as some of this is not quite as translated because I don't think, I mean, I don't know if that came up in your edit, but it did not come up in mine, so. What, what didn't come up? The, that sort of by whatever line. By Well, okay. the by furious line isn't in there, but oh, okay. uh, they, 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 they elaborate on the fact that for Ramona, this was sort of nothing at all. She's like, yeah, it's just I'm, I'm by curious or whatever. Right. Whereas for Roxy, it's like that was a little something different. And you get a lot of her anger. You get a lot more, I think, anger in the movie than you do here. Here you get a little bit more of the heartbreak. Yeah, it was very emotional. I was not expecting like the the strength, the intention, uh, not intentional, emotional strength of the mm -hmm. of this. Like I didn't ex like obviously I knew that, you know, it's relationships. So obviously drama is going to come from that and sort of emotions and, and what, whatever the audience is going to feel. But like, I was very heavily sucked into this, especially like you said, when, when um, Roxy shows up at the video store and like that whole fight, like everything was just so intense this episode that I don't think the others really had. Yeah. Um, like, I guess you could argue last episode, but like technically Gideon's the villain. So I don't like feel as bad for like the big bad, but like, yeah, you had heavy. two villains fighting it out for power yeah. last week. <laughs> yeah. Like this felt like there were stakes to everything. Like it was very intense. And I, I, I didn't quite expect that from Scott Pilgrim <laughs> content. So, uh, but I guess we can get into the episode. So it starts with young Neil, uh, who I think you briefly mentioned that he's not much in the original, but, um, He's here. He's starting to do. He's starting to move on. He's trying to channel his um, grief into writing a screenplay or some sort of movie. And he like is ready to crack down. Uh, he said something about like I'm a, I'm a writer now. Your son or whatever. Like what? Was yeah, that, that that was the line where he's on the phone leaving the voicemail and he, and he ends it with this is your son by the way, young Neil. <laughs> yeah. he, like his parents call him young Neil. <laughs> uh, and so he's trying to write this. He cracks open either like a soda or a can of Red Bull or something like that. And he's like, ready to go. He passes out and doesn't write anything. <laughs> um, very real uh, writer uh, energy here. He's like, whatever, I'll go to, he goes to sleep. And then in the middle of the night, he sees someone at his desk and they're writing. And then like, there's a story printed the next morning. Um, he has the great line of like, I wrote a screenplay. And he didn't actually write. Oh. I mean, I, I, at this point, I still Does don't he? know. We don't know yet. Well, I'm, that's my thing. I was like, I don't know if this is um, like, like, like I said in the first episode, is this dream? Is this reality? What is like, what is actually happening? So I'm still, obviously, I don't want answers to that, but I'm like debating. I was like, did he actually write it? And was the dream, the seeing the person? I, I would guess not because we kind of see that person 
pulls got on the portal, but like, I'm just not sure where uh, this kind of leaves me. Yeah. With the I, story. I, I'm not going to spoil anything other than to say, um, I mean, what, what you see here with young Neil is what you get for the entire series. I mean, in, in the, in the movie, he is just one liners here and there. Now I will say young Neil might be Jamie's favorite character in the entire movie, even though he is so minor because he just has this brilliant delivery. And this is uh, an example of one of the actors that's, that's very much doing an animated version of their character. Like he's very dry and monotone and everything in the movie. Uh, and we don't get a lot out of him. I wouldn't even necessarily say we're going to get a lot more out of him going forward. I think we definitely get more screen time, but this plot point of where did this script come from? The sleep paralysis demon that he thinks he sees uh, that's something that will carry through pretty much every episode all the way to the end. Interesting. Okay. I mean, he's a fun character from what I've seen. So I, I don't have any, he's like the male, like they really are similar. Like he's kind of like the male knives to me. Yeah. He's the fork. Um, Oh, wait till we get to the movie. <laughs> You'll see some of the parallels with their character. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there, there's not much to add on this story other than, um, uh, I mean, the, have you ever have you ever experienced sleep paralysis before? Um, no, maybe like a little bit of insomnia, but nothing. I mean, sleep cool. paralysis, what it is, and it's happened, I, I, I probably happens maybe once a year to me or whatever, but uh, I don't know, it comes as a result of maybe uh, lack of sleep over long periods of time. But basically imagine that you... Your, your mind is woken up, but your body can't wake up yet. So you're just lying there and you're trying to will yourself to move or to be able to open your eyes or anything like that, which can be very disturbing. Um, I, I, I've never seen a sleep paralysis decent, but often people like, they, like for example, when this happens to me, I'm often imagining I got to wake myself up. Let me roll out of bed. And meanwhile, in my mind, I'm like, I've rolled out of bed. Why am I not waking up yet? But yet it's still in my mind. So it can be a little bit creepy, but uh, yeah, that's all I really got out of this, but we're going to get a lot more with young Neil, especially next week. Oh, I'm excited. He's fun. Uh, we also get Ramona's new dye job. She does like a red, yeah. orange, yellow. I'm not sure what colors they exactly were. But um, you said this is a recurring bit, so we're going to get that regularly. Yeah, uh, pretty much every episode. <laughs> exciting. Uh, does that happen in the movie? Does she constantly redye her hair? Yeah, I think she goes through three separate hair colors in the movie. Um, and, and it also becomes a thing where, uh, you know, particularly between her and Scott, where he's like, you change your hair. And she's like, I change my hair like every week. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to get used to this. Okay. Uh, but I thought that was great. And then she shows up at the, the like the coffee shop or the cafe or whatever that, that Julie's working at. Um, the entire movie, I could like, not turn movie, the entire, like the beginning, I was like, I had to rewind to remember her name because I was like, okay, this is Aubrey Plaza, even though I'm not <laughs> hearing Aubrey Plaza. Um, I was like, I couldn't remember her name. And I was like, June? No, no. And then I had to look at her badge. Uh, but she goes to, to Julie to figure out like what's going on. Because, you know, apparently Julie knows Scott the best out of anyone she can get in contact with. And so because uh, Ramona went back to the, the Rocket Club to f figure out, you know, what's happened to Scott. Like uh, he bribed the the bouncer or whatever to get mm. the footage and, and see what happened. He was pulled into a portal at just the right moment. Uh, and the person left behind the two dollars and ten cents, the the was two two toonies and a 10 cent time <laughs> uh so uh, she's on the on the trail of trying to figure out what happens and julie uh julie is the one who's gonna help figure out like who knows scott well like who could be a potential suspect that they can you know figure out who did this kidnapping and so they they break down 
like the potential people that would know Scott pretty well. And, and, and Julie breaks it down to Steven stills, young Neil and the Adams comes up. And then there's one person who knows Scott the best, mm. an ex-girlfriend, uh, which we find out is Kim, another person who I didn't know the name of, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, so Julie, Julie gives Scott the run, not Scott, Ramona, the rundown of, of, of everyone. Um, and the only other thing notable in this sort of cafe scene is that um, maybe you can fill in some context because it felt very random for me. But um, the gay roommate whose name I cannot remember. Wallace. Wallace comes with a guy, his new man or something, and he yeah. changed the locks. Like, is this something that has more context in the movie or does he just? Uh, you know? uh, Wallace gets around. Let me just say that. Uh, so <laughs> this is and th- this will come up more in future episodes as well. Uh, but I do love that line where he's like, uh, oh, uh, if you run into Scott, tell him I changed the locks. But if you run into me again, remind me to change the locks. Yeah, that's good. Um, I mean, we, like that was a complaint in episode one that uh, he had those like that I, I pointed out, like that all the stuff with his like Scott yeah. doesn't actually own anything. <laughs> so I mean, very bad. Clothes on the fun. floor, Scott's. <laughs> yeah. There's also like a line. I don't know if maybe you can shed light without spoiling things, but like they said that the sugar daddy thing is over or what? Yeah. Well, because Wallace basically pays for everything. Cause uh, if you remember when Ramona drops off his DVDs, the first time she's calling him Mr. Wells and he's like, Oh no, Wallace is just my cool gay roommate. Well, she always calls him his cool gay roommate. Uh, but uh, he says, I, he just let me use his credit card. He goes, Oh, so he's kind of like a sugar. It's kind of like a sugar daddy thing. And he goes, uh, yeah, sure. Wait, what? <laughs> so, yeah, I think everybody's just kind of going under that assumption that it's like a sugar daddy okay, thing. Okay, okay. I thought it was like a storyline or something that I missed or, or didn't get the context. Uh, Scott's okay. just a moocher. <laughs> okay. Um, also, we're seeing a lot more Julie. I didn't know she was. Um, I could definitely see how fun this could be for some for Aubrey Plaza. But like she was very intense, like wanting to take her 15 minutes and like mm-hmm. um, she's like, you took 15 minutes, 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Um, and then the guy wanted the ice Americano and then she's like, just put ice cubes in it. Like very intense energy from, from Julie, um, which will definitely be interesting. I'm interested to talk about her at the end. Cause I'm very confused on what's happening at yeah. the end of this, but um, I feel like this is really the first half and the other half. We should kind of break off separate for the video store, unless you have other things. Uh, I mean, do you want to talk about the the knives storyline with uh, with oh, Kim yeah. here? Stupid handwritten notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so knives. The, so the band is trying to move on. Uh, Kim, whose name I just learned, um, <laughs> Stephen Stills, and knives is just there. I guess trying to fill in for the for the missing position. It didn't mm. really. They didn't really specify why she was there other than just hanging out there with her fa- her favorite band. Her second favorite band. Her favorite not real band. Yeah. Um, and they, they have a jam out knives and uh, Kim have like a jam session. They don't really play the music, um, but it it seems like it went well. And Steven's like, how long have you been playing? It's like, what time is it? Uh, four hours. Yeah. Like, I just thought that it was like a, fu- like a fun sort of like heart sequence to come before the storm. That is the heavy sequence. But I thought it was cool that she she was able to pick it up quickly. And I think that you know, another thing that she's trying to bond over her apparently dead ex over. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that knives be, maybe just because she's such a major character in the movie, like I said, it's, it's Scott Ramona and knives. That's that trio. They're kind of the leads. Um, she doesn't have as much to really do in this because 
you don't really have anywhere you can go with this relationship now that Scott's not in the picture. That's the entire purpose of the movie and uh, the, the book and everything. But just giving her this little thing on the side is fun because you, you don't really ever know, okay, what becomes a Knives? You know, what, what's her potential and stuff like that? The idea is always that Knives is too good for Scott, right? Even though she's 17 years old or whatever, that she's too good for him. Uh, so just having her sit down and just out of nowhere, just be able to play the bass. And like you said, you, you kind of see the beginning of it. And then all of a sudden they just cut to the end. And it's been four hours later or whatever. Uh, but I like that they're at least giving her something to do here and, and mixing it up with the other characters. Uh, the, the backstory that they show between Kim and um, Scott, which, oh, I think that's coming up in the scene that's coming up uh, later. But uh, that's something that was actually left out of the movie. That, that probably the only thing that people really complained about that was in the books, but was out of the uh, the movie was actually showing the backstory between Kim and Scott, which is very important because, you know, it, it, it again gives you some context as to like Scott's past relationships and everything as well. Um, yeah, the, Julie, uh, Julie's one of those characters like young Neil that just sort of pops in and out of the movie. Uh, she's going to get a lot more to do as we can find out at the end of this episode. I don't know if you caught the thing where, where um, they keep bleeping her every time she, she swears, but it's, it's like this, like this, this weird electronic sound effect that comes straight out of the movie. And uh, it, it's, it's something that uh, when you when get to the movie, you'll see there's, there's an extra layer to that that makes it even funnier, but they still incorporate that here. Um, are you, are you going to take another guess as to uh, the, the girl she's working with at the, the coffee shop, Stacy. So that's supposed to be Scott's sister. If you want to take a oh. second guess, I don't even I don't <laughs> remember if we see her again. But again, major star playing this. The clues were uh, this is somebody who's an Academy Award nominee slash uh, already a big star in an animated franchise as the lead in an animated franchise. OK, so there was only one option that I thought about because you said something about animated last time. And I I'm I'm guessing maybe Anna Kendrick. Yeah who of course does the trolls movies, which are like Casper's favorite movies. So if I played this from here, if unless Casper's <laughs> watching this in Japanese, he would have picked it up immediately saying that's Poppy. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, she's, you know, obviously at the time that this movie had come out, she was nobody, but then she'd gone to pitch perfect and everything after that. It is kind of strange with all, like all the big stars that they find a place for in this series that she probably has the least amount to do here. Um, also, but, I did not catch that. That was Stacy Scott's sister when they talked yeah. about it. Well, again, she's she's barely there. Uh, uh, a couple other things that I thought were funny lines when um, uh, Ramona's asking questions and saying that she met Envy or whatever. She was she's way hotter in person. Is like, are you sure that they dated? <laughs> and then uh, uh, was it Julie says that yeah, you're not the only one with questionable taste in men. Uh, and then the other line just I, I love anytime somebody takes a shot at Scott, even though really you know sex bomb the band they're always taking shots of themselves about how much they suck uh steven's like you know oh without scott there's just something that's missing in the band like there was something he brought to the picture that we don't have and he's like bass he played the bass yeah that's it <laughs> that was probably my favorite line of the episode that was very good yeah <laughs> uh yeah one thing that like must be interesting for you um i was thinking as you were talking i was like i'm very it definitely must be com complicated for you um but in a good way, like, like you said that this is not the same story and you're, they're sort of filling in like the stuff that we wouldn't have, got, we didn't get to see in the original mm -hmm. sort of run of stuff. So like seeing more of, you know, the sister and seeing more of Julie and, and, um, you know, uh, the other character, we, uh, Steven and young Neil, like, it must be like interesting to finally feel like mm -hmm. you get the full picture of all the characters. Um, it's kind of sad that I'm missing the other side, like the full Roxy story or the, um, I guess I'm getting 
everything minus the main story that you got in the other stuff. Well, I mean, the the plot of this series is a completely different direction. You know, I I kind of would. Uh, I think I mentioned it, it's like Marvel's What If, right? Uh, or very similar, like Back to the Future Two. You know, oh, we're we're actually going back, and then we change. We made this alternate nineteen eighty five because of this one point. But I think what's great, particularly with the characters, is that what Brian Lee O'Malley did here is he he just in he just enhanced everything that was already there. Like we're not getting completely different characters, with the exception of Gideon, who's given a totally different backstory at the end of this episode. Everything here remains consistent with what we saw in the original movies. Just the original movies, you only kind of go off of little things here and there. Whereas now in this series, this is why I think that his main reason for doing this was just for an excuse to give additional backstories. But how do you do additional backstories when all these are minor characters in the original story? You have to kind of create a scenario where they can become major characters. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying, I don't feel like I'm missing too much. Obviously I'm missing the whole Ramona knives, like, love triangle situation mm. but like i feel like they're what what i'm getting is definitely full well-rounded characters mm-hmm. like i'm seeing young neil's personality and quirks i'm seeing knives perks and kim and all these characters i'm seeing them develop so i i mean from my non or my virgin experience it's good like it, it works for me um so i guess we should do the other half of the episode which is pretty much the most of the episode mm. uh where um, we see Kim, she's late to work after being at the band. Uh, she runs in late, her employee or boss or whatever doesn't care. She's like, whatever. Uh, she's watching a movie eating pistachio. She's chilling. Um, and then Ramona shows up and cause that's the, the mystery person that we didn't get to hear about. And the first part was that Kim is the person who knows Scott best. And they have a backstory of that. They went to school together. I don't know how, how, hundred percent this is but as it was we hear in this story scott tries to draw a sheep Mm -hmm. uh, for kim and it's like the worst sheep ever i didn't think it was that bad but it was definitely not good i was more on kim's side but uh telling his backstory and then eventually like they get closer together and they're they're, they end up dating and that was her first boyfriend and i'm assuming his first girlfriend um and i love that in all of this uh, ramona's like that's really the most romantic story you could have told me of how you got together <laughs> in trying the sheep. Um, she's like, well, I could have told you. And like very yada yada is the story of like, Oh, at the time I was kidnapped by a rival high school. Yeah. And uh, you know, Scott beat them up and whatever. Like, yeah, that happened too. But the sheep, that, that was the important story I had to get out. I, I, I will say the only thing that they really leave out of here from like the, what's in the books is that, uh, there's um and i mentioned in a previous episode that when you see the moon you see a hole in it uh there is a part where scott literally punches a hole in the moon uh for kim and that's that's the only thing that existed in the movie which is fun because they didn't include in this backstory there but they did include the line about oh i punched a hole in the moon and then that's the only part they decide to leave out of this and like okay well we we did our part with the one line and the other one now let's tell the rest of it it's actually insane to me that you don't watch any anime <laughs> you're telling me a character punched a hole in the moon <laughs> but you know sailor moon is ridiculous but you know scott Pilgrim punching a hole in the moon um okay <laughs> um but anyway they get to t- talking i thought this is a, i thought it was a great backstory like uh, the way that you know kim's telling the story is really touching and emotional um with a, like a touch of like teen girl sarcasm and sort of like Mm. angst to it like in a very emotional and relatable way um and they're sort of trying to figure out who 
could be someone to go to figure out who's like what's happening to Scott. Um, we also learned that he has three thousand five hundred dollars worth of late <laughs> fees at the video rental store. Uh, they also talk about how um, she's ruining the video stores by delivering for Netflix. Yeah, I thought that was funny that like Netflix allowed that line in here about, oh, you're putting us out of business. I mean, any dick at Blockbuster, they'll probably always take. Yeah. I mean, they made that show Blockbuster. Didn't Netflix make the Blockbuster show? They did, which was hilarious. Um, (laughs) I mean, the show wasn't hilarious, but the idea that they made it is. Yeah, I feel like they're um, somewhat willing to acknowledge. They're they're, owning it. They're owning their corporate uh, uh, power here. (laughs) Yeah, they're willing to to, to take some stabs at themselves. Not not a whole lot, but... um, all of this is interrupted by an angry bell slamming, ding, 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 ding. Um, and then the the uh, other worker there is like, it figures out what's going on. And she's like, oh, don't worry, she's got it. And it's like, customer for you. <laughs> like, very funny. Um, and we find out that it's Roxy. And Roxy, we don't know why. I don't know if they, did they say why she was going there? I didn't quite catch why that she said that she was at the video store. Oh, uh, good point. I don't think they do. They just, she's just there. Maybe the, I mean, we do see at the end of this, toward the end of the episode, that the robot is watching. I don't know if there's yeah. collusion there. Um, I, I, I think it's just she's trying to get her revenge because it's like, hey, I never got my crack at this. I mean, I guess there's one. I guess maybe. Um, yeah, but then why wouldn't she order a DVD from Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> she's supporting local business. Yes, yeah, she, uh, she's <laughs> supporting her local economy in Toronto, Canada. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so she's there and then sort of this is sort of like the beginning of their fight sequence. She's like, I want to fight you. Um, I'm not like the other guys. I have emotional intelligence. And she and we find out like Ramona's like, well, you really don't have that much more emotional intelligence <laughs> than the guys. Uh, this kind of sets her off. But I feel like Roxy says it. I mean, we'll have to debate how it how it goes on. I mean, I'll have to see how it goes on from here. But she's like, I'm the most dedicated to getting you back out of everyone i think she she really puts that forward that like i want you back the most out of everyone uh whereas the others seem maybe content on revenge against scott or don't really care at all uh, but she, she's really content on on settling her beef with ramona and so this sort of starts the fight sequence um not as many powers i know that they're doing super crazy human stuff but um not yeah. many powers just crazy weapons for them uh roxy's got her sword and Ramona pulls out this big Thor's hammer out of nowhere, uh, which I thought was quite comical. Um, they're fighting. They're going through the different movie genres. There's like a, a Japanese styled one. There's like sort of an American like crime one. Like they, they have all these different genres. They're fighting. Um, the greatest moment was when Kim pauses the thing, rewinds it. Um, yeah. And then like Ramona gets the upper hand in the fight. And then, when they get out, she Roxy goes to smash the 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 um, remote so she can't do that again. Like just this whole sequence of them going in and out of the different genres and the, in the real world and the, the end world, and then they're on the train and sort of we get the a little bit of dialogue that um, she's like, "You'll leave just like you did then" or something like that. Um, I'm not quite sure how that fit within the context of what they're saying, but she's uh, obviously a little hint of what happened there. And then they get to, onto the airplane. God, this makes no sense if you watch, didn't watch the episode. <laughs> uh, but they're on the airplane. And then we sort of fully get the full backstory of like they were roommates or something. And then 
obviously something more because otherwise you don't really get that sad for your roommate leaving but uh ramona just leaves doesn't say a word and it's like oh she she feels bad because she she couldn't face roxy then and and now she's capable and they sort of accept they know they accept the apology the plane starts to blow up um they come back to the real world and then like um she's like i'm dead i still want to fight you like i don't want to lose and anyway so they 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 finish the fight um and the ramona really concedes defeat here at you know i don't know she's like you're the winner i'll just i'll, I'll let you have it um and then sort of yeah, it's kind of just like the chilling out after this sequence where like they're just hanging out watching a movie like it ends and like they're she's uh rocks is eating all the chips and it's like hey i paid for that <laughs> um and she also sort of like, I don't know how, I mean, I, I took it as like lighthearted, like fun of like, Hey, what if we get back together? Yeah. Um, and it's like, well, why don't we just be friends with benefits? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then she kisses uh, Kim and it's like no sparks. Yeah. Uh, which I, took me totally by surprise. Um, and, and this whole sequence is being sort of surveyed by the robot, which the twins made. So, I'm expecting that to appear soon, if not next next episode. Um, but I sort of I, stop at the fight because I, I want to separate the Gideon Julie stuff at the end, or yeah, at the end. So I'll let you talk about the fight. Uh, yeah, first, just when um, uh, Ramona's asking Kim and everything, and uh, Kim just loosely mentions, "Oh yeah, so there's a subspace highway between Scott's head, right?" Because oh, you're the first Canadian that's actually understood that it's not a complicated concept. Like she's getting upset about the fact that people don't understand this. Um, I had a couple of things. The, the fight scene's great that they go through all these different genres and everything. Like you said, uh, having the rewinding and everything. Um, there, there's a line here where Roxy says, uh, "Here I am, rocks you like a hurricane." Which I don't know if you're familiar with the song from the '80s, the Scorpion song, "Rock You Like a Hurricane." Oh, yeah, uh, I know it. That that's uh that's something that like. Roxy frequently does in other versions, which is comes up with these one-liners, but like this one-liner works, whereas typically her one-liners, you're like, what? Like that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, the uh, um, uh, the whole the whole way that the fight uh, happens where where she knocks her through all the walls, I think it's right after the winding bit. You see her just go through one set after one set after one set. I mean, the shot's actually duplicated from completely different fight in the movie, uh, but it's it's kind of cool that they actually incorporate that with now you're going through this set and you're going through this genre and this genre because you actually kind of see the the flashes of that. Um, the end of the fight here, the, the, the whole thing with the, the kiss with Kim, and this is something I didn't pick up on the first time I watched it, is she says no sparks. Because if you remember earlier on, when I think Julie's asking uh, Ramona about it, she says, uh, oh, like you dated Scott or whatever. She goes, well, there was sparks. If you remember, they literally had sparks show up when when her and Scott were together. We'll see that again in the scene coming up at the end, but we don't see it there. So the, I didn't even realize watching this the first time around that the, the whole thing with sparks when the characters together, that's a literal thing that, that's important in here. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I like that like Detective Ramona here, and this is kind of where it's going to go the next couple episodes is Ramona as Sherlock Holmes as a detective uh, where she's like, oh, Roxy couldn't have done it. It's like, well, how do you know? It's like, because she didn't know Scott was alive, <laughs> you know, which moves us right on to the, the cardboard cutter to Lucas Lee, the, the what do they call him? The devil may care Hollywood D-bag. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, that's going to be more on Lucas Lee next week. Um, yeah, so I, I said a thing in the first episode or something like that, that th- this was such a good combination of the East and West styles. Like, I feel like it mm-hmm. really worked well in this as well. Yeah, like some of the the settings and the and the, the sequences were really 
of like Eastern style animating, but also like the humor of pausing it and rewinding it is very Western and like very like American cartoon or, you know, Northwest North yeah. American cartoon and like just sort of that silliness. I, th- I think it, it blended it really well. And like the way the characters are reacting to it, I think it, it was just a really good marriage of those two styles and everything. So I thought it was great. And then the ending happens and I got very confused. Um, so keep don't, obviously when we talk about it, don't spoil too much about it, but I'm very um, curious to see how, because you said it was new, but we'll see. Um, so we get this random, it was definitely random for me. I was like very confused what was happening because they just cut away to julie like i guess coming home from her mm. shift at work or whatever and she she gets to her house and, and and we see at the side of the house someone's just there and it's gideon who's all disheveled from his fight just happened uh, a little while ago and he's like i've got nothing you don't even recognize me because she's like gideon graves she says but it's like apparently that was a fake identity and it's like but you knew the real me and now you forget but his name was gideon or no, gordon gideon, goose gordon goose from North um, Bay, Ontario. Canada. North Bay, Ontario. <laughs> North Bay, Canada. Yeah. Um, so apparently he's got a, another backstory and like it sort of ends with her welcoming him into her house. Um, this was, this threw me, I was like, but such a good hook for me as well. Like, I'm just like very intrigued. It's like, what is this? I'm very curious. Like there's, it seems like there's more layers to um, that I'm learning more than what you just said at the first episode. Obviously, you could be holding information back, which I would appreciate anyway. But like, <laughs> there's more to Gideon just than just being Ramona's ex. Like, there's more to these characters than just being the one thing they're presented as. So that that that's been really interesting for me to watch. Yeah, this is the one exception to they're just enhancing what was already there with the characters um, because. Gideon prior to this is just that identity. He's Gideon Graves. He owns his own label or whatever. And he's the guy who forms the illegal evil exes or whatever. So given this completely different backstory that actually ties him with the other characters, I mean, that kind of hooked me when I saw this the first time as well. Uh, Cause it is something completely different. Um, this, uh, as I said, when, when him and Julia together, you do see the sparks as well, which is, you know, obviously something that's going to be important in the show. Um, this is uh, not even to do with that uh, that twist on the end because we'll get more of that uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. But um, I, I, I don't know if you uh, are, are familiar with either of these. There's some special guest stars at the end. The song that plays in the end credits uh, is uh, from uh, a duo called Tegan and Sarah. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're, I know. Uh, you do know. They're, yeah, they're, they're two Canadian twins. Uh, and I looked it up and I mean, apparently they were for at least briefly quite big in America. They're Album 2013 was number three in the U.S. Um, so uh, I like they a, didn't they have a song on the Lego movie or something? Yeah, 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 they did. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and actually, they have a, their own TV series on Amazon right now. Uh, I mean, it's not starring them. It's it's basically based on their lives. So it's like teenage Tegan and Sarah. It's like a fictionalized version of them. Uh, and also the voice of teenage Scott was played by Finn Wolfhard, which uh, have you ever watched Stranger Things? Uh, no, and I would not have heard that anyway. So, okay. well, well, he, uh, but he, he is, um, I guess the male star of Stranger Things. He's also one of the kids in the, uh, the new Ghostbusters movies that have come out as well. So, um, he's Canadian. He's, he's a musician slash actor. So, uh, there's actually gonna be a couple of guest actors that are going to come up that you won't hear at all. So, uh, not much you could comment on that, but just thought I'd throw that out as a trivia bit here. Yeah, I'm very, I, I didn't even catch the sparks when you were talking about the, the, the end sequence here. I, I totally missed that. Um, so that's a good pickup that 
But yeah, I'm very, you know, that's definitely left me with a cliffhanger. Like I said, these cliffhangers are so good. They're getting me on every uh, opportunity. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely hooked for next episode. I'll just throw a couple of extra things in here just yeah, before we rate it. Um, a few trivia things here. Uh, uh, there's a lot of things that are kind of blurred. You can't tell exactly what it is, but a lot of little movie posters and everything. Young Neil's room. I did catch they had Leonardo from Ninja Turtles in there. Apparently there's a poster of Fight Club, a photo of Winnie the Pooh, a poster of Scream, and a Mario box. I don't know what Mario box is. I also caught that in the video store, though, they have like kind of a blurred thing of the Tom Cruise movie cocktail poster up on the wall there. Um, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for uh, the trivia. Other than the fact that the title cards, I guess they're kind of going with different video games each time. This time they use Bubble Bobble uh, for the font for the title card. Now I'm glad we caught that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, rating. Uh, I'm I'm gonna buy it. I I don't really know if I'm the, this episode and the next one were kind of the two that I look back and I'm like, oh yeah, that was one of the episodes, but uh, I bought this one. So I might very well buy the entire series. Um, I'm, I'm going to rate it actually number two out of the three. Whereas again, coming into this, I would have thought this would be my third, but I'm going to put the first episode, number one, this episode, number two, and then last week's number three. Um, yeah, I think I was not expecting you to do anything other than buying it, but I will share your buy. Um, and what do you know what I have so far? I think it's one and two, right? You had one and two. Yeah. So okay. your rankings were the same as mine. And they will not continue. Oh, I'm putting this number one. Wow, nice. I love this episode. I thought it was so much fun, and I think like it, it hit me a little more emotionally. And so I'm, I'm in, it, it more investment. Although it's very close. That first episode was very good. Um, but I, I just this one edges it out a little more. And I love, I love Roxy. I think she's great. <laughs> Wait till you see the live action version. Um, and tease for next week. Uh, all I'll really say is uh, we did see the cardboard cutter to Lucas Lee. So it's going to kind of be his episode next week. But uh, we're also going to find a little bit more about uh, what happened with young Neil and that sleep paralysis demon and what becomes of this screenplay that he wrote. Yeah, I, I'm interested. I, there's another, I, I didn't want to mention it, but there's another thing that caught my eye. I'll, I'll, I'll thread it in if it comes up again, but I want to see, I want to let it play out before I mention it on the pod because I don't want any mm. potential spoilers. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to next episode for sure. All right. Me too. Uh, I've seen it before, but I'm still looking forward to it. You would watch every episode again. <laughs> Even the worst of the eight, you'd watch again. <laughs> yeah, this um, is just my excuse. <laughs> yeah. And just your excuse to happen to watch the series, uh, the movie again, and reread the the comic or whatever. Yeah, yeah, just... play the video game and all that. Yeah, uh, but that's it. Yeah, what, I don't know what's coming up on the Oz Network. So. Uh, I think just twenty four right now, and then uh, we'll get more next month. So you'll have to wait another week or two to find out what else we have. All right, well, stay tuned, and thank you for everyone. My name is Knives. <laughs> And my name is Colin from North Bay, Ontario. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.